Hello, everybody. I am once again sorry. Um, I don't know what's going on. Um, Mac had uh, rescheduled with me to be interviewed this morning and then didn't get back to me again on text, email, Facebook, or anything. So um, at this point, I'm going to stop scheduling that interview so we can stop doing the here we go, you know, and late, you know, I'm sorry, hurry up and wait. <laughs> Um, cause I don't want to bait and switch you guys. Uh, I did just make a new video that I'm going to share with you guys first as kind of a sneak peek. I'm going to give some people some opportunity to get in here first. We had like eight people waiting originally. So I apologize guys for, um, this constant issue. Um, you know, I, again, I want to try to give them the benefit of the doubt, you know, but if it becomes a problem, I do have other information to share about their participation in sports. And I have other uh, statements by them that I have access to that I can share with you guys, but I, I don't want it to be that kind of a thing. I don't want it to be a gotcha. I really do just want to have a human conversation with them. So in the meantime, I decided to do another stream. Um, this one is going to be about what's going on with pride, specifically, obviously gay pride is what I'm talking about. And more specifically about what's going on with kids at pride um there's been some really disturbing crap going on and we're going to discuss some of that today uh the video that i'm about to share with you guys is kind of be kind of a premiere i decided instead of doing a standard premiere i would just come on this stream that i had set up then some of you guys were sitting here waiting in good faith hoping that i'd be able to go live um you know once we get some more people in here then i will go ahead and do that um in the meantime i'm going to go ahead and share the link with you guys and I thank you again for coming. You know, uh, it's frustrating for me as well. Um, you know, but one way or the other, you know, we will, I will show you the rest of the story on that issue for sure. So in any case, um, we've got seven people in here now. Let me share the link everywhere on social media. Maybe get some more people in here before I premiere this video. Since I know, you know, a lot of you are disappointed. So anyway, but... So there's been some crazy stuff that's been going on, and I and I really want to address the uh, um, the arguments about quote unquote like um, what, what do they call it moral panic, like it's a moral panic, you know, and there's definitely a issue because it's not a moral panic. It, how many times do we need to be shown that something is going on? Like, how many times do we need to be, you know, need to, to be clear that this is what's happening before people are allowed to act? You know, when are they going to be, when are, you know, when are conservatives going to stop being told that they're not, you know, crazy conspiracy theorists, right? And again, I'm not a conservative, okay? I do my own research on this stuff. And the reality is there's things that are going on here that there are plenty of people who are not conservatives are finally speaking out about and are finally getting sick about you know um that's what gays against groomers is all about and honestly you know now we're looking at what they call the the separation between the lgb and the t and the q um and it's because of stuff like this again sheer incompetence and activism if your goal is to try to get people to believe that you're safe that you're not a problem that and that's what activism is supposed to be and I actually discussed that with Mac Bags on the phone when I was setting it up. You know, um, that's what activism is supposed to be. Activism is supposed to be, you know, changing minds, convincing people, 
And it's pretty clear that that's not what they want. You know, they, they don't really care about that. So, you know, at least not. And I, remember, I, I share that clip all the time of um, a clip of John Cleese talking about the dangers, like, well, rather the benefits of extremism, because it's kind of a parody. Um, but if your concern really is that people of a given group are being profiled as something, you don't encourage people to go out and behave exactly like the thing that they're being profiled as. I maintain my position and have for a long time that there is nothing, there is, I have seen no evidence to indicate that there's any reason to believe that people in the LGBTQ movement or the LGB movement or the TQ movement are necessarily more likely to be pedophiles. I still believe that to this day, but that's not really what is at issue. What is at issue is that we are creating a situation where a group of people will be allowed to have access to children and that any scrutiny over what they're up to will be viewed as bigotry and hatred and something that you should be canceled for. We're creating a privileged group of people who will have the right to discuss in depth sexuality with children and that they will be beyond reproach. And as I'm going to go over, I mean, I'm going to play my video before I, I get into too much of this because, you know, it's I don't want to spoil it, essentially, because I'm going to go over it better in that video than I ever will. Just kind of spewing out stuff while I'm sharing this link everywhere um, because people don't always get notifications to my stuff. You know, but in any case, um, I'm going to go over a lot of that here in just a moment. And I'll probably also, since we have a lot of new viewers, I'm probably going to go over some of my classics on this topic as well. If you guys are interested, um, you know, you guys were really cool hanging out with me. I'm not going to go for six hours today. <laughs> I have other work to do, um, you know, but I'll definitely reward you guys for sticking with me through all of this nonsense. And, you know, so I'm only got a couple more places to share this. If you guys could do me a favor right now as we're talking about this, um, you know, go out and share the link to this stream. I would really appreciate it because I'm going to go over some important information today. Because again, like I said, I'm not really interested in, um, not interested right now in in financial donations. I mean, if you, I'm not telling you, hey, if you're on my subscribe star, you don't need to stop or something, but make sure you're not putting yourself out. But what I do need right now is a boost to my signal. So make sure that you share this everywhere. Your word of mouth is really the best um, way to spread stuff like this. It, it's, you know, it because the algorithms are definitely not going to. Um, I'm also going to be alluding to uh, a bit shoot exclusive. I'm not going to be playing that on the stream because it's literally footage that has been scrubbed basically everywhere from the Internet. Um, so I don't want to go putting it on my YouTube. Um, I was able to find it. Actually, it wasn't me who found it. Um, one of my moderators who does a great job of assisting me in researching this stuff found it. And the only way to get it was on the Wayback Machine. So I've made that same footage available of a prominent member of the LGBTQ activist world, um, having been, uh, dog combed when they were younger. And why that kind of leads us to a situation where, well, why are you saying that there's no such thing as grooming if this happened to you? You know, so anyway, I'm going to take back a look here. 
I think uh, I got one more place to, to share this and then we'll be good to go. Again, thank you everybody for your patience. It's <laughs> 24 hour stream. Oh, not in this life. Um, I am talking though about, like I said, uh, there are people who said they're interested. We're talking about having a 24 hour channel and it'll go down every now and then for sure. But, um, but the idea is, is that what I'm going to do is I'm going to create another channel that's purpose is to put everybody's content on. And basically I'll just kind of form a coalition with other people uh, to um, create a situation where we have a channel that's 24 seven broadcasting our stuff. So it'll circulate between strategic guys and B radio and Joel good logic and, you know, winning reality and, you know, polyfrog and, you know, I'm going to see if I can figure out a way to sneak um, Neo Unrealists rumble streams on there too. But the idea would be cross promotion. That used to be the thing guys, everybody used to do cross promotion. Unfortunately, I think that it's actually kind of the nature of YouTube um, to not be as enthusiastic about cross promotion because people are literally paid um, by watch hours. So that's a problem because at that point, well, we don't want anybody to watch anybody else's stuff. You want people to watch your stuff, right? So, all right. I've shared this everywhere. I need to share it right now. Thank you guys very much for joining me. I'm going to go ahead and reward you now by, um, let me see. Oh, and yes, yes, that is, that is something we're going to be talking about. So, all right, folks, here we go. do dee do dee do We are now premiering a new V Radio video. In a way, it's a V video. Thanks for joining us today. And I might be joking around because I'm trying to be lighthearted, but um, you're going to hear me raise my voice a little bit in this video. Okay, one sec. I called this video hashtag pride comes before the fall. Let's see what you guys think. what's going on at pride so it's time to talk about what's going on at pride So it's time to talk about what's going on at Pride. Some time ago, crowdsourced politics warned me that I should not be telling everybody about the pedophiles that are using the LGBTQ activism as a means to get their hands on children. He stated that this would lead to more deaths. This was in the wake of the shooting that took place not long ago. And I've just got to say, if... Pointing out that there are pedophiles among the LGBTQ community is dangerous and might lead to more shooting deaths. Then what the fuck is this? 
Like, th this is just sheer brain-dead nonsense. Like, this is going to get people hurt. Like, and, and I say this as somebody, again, who has friends who are queer, who are trans, who are gay. It, this is sheer stupidity. Like, okay, so people are now saying, well, you, you know they were just joking or they're just trolling, right? There is nothing funny at all about insinuating that you are coming for someone's children. This isn't funny. It isn't cute. It's not smart. It's absolutely moronic. It's right up there with whoever thought this bullshit was a good idea. And of course, apparently, some of the people that were in that choir singing that alongside those activists happened to be pedophiles. I'm still looking into this uh, in depth, but the only articles I've ever found that suggest that they're debunking it just say, well, these people have common names or whatever. But basically, there was a list of the people in the choir that was scrubbed off of their website that had to be found on the Wayback Machine and some of them uh, appear to be convicted pedophiles. And I've talked about this issue already because, as I revealed in this video, there are several pedophiles who ended up getting convicted after making the same arguments that supposedly this is all a moral panic and that nobody's coming for your children to do them any harm, including literally people making the exact same arguments while they were simultaneously raping children. I also did a video uncovering that an award-winning author who also engages in education to help other people educate children just happened to write an article on one of her blogs stating that we should normalize sex between adults and children. I'm also sick to death of the whataboutism of jumping straight to the church, whether it's the Baptist church or the Catholic church. And yes, abuse is going on in both of those situations, but it's going on more in schools. And now we're trying to create a situation where teachers are enabled to speak to kids about these topics, show them graphic pictures and such about these topics. And both of those things are on the list of grooming. Like, that's just like things you're shown immediately. Hey, if there's somebody talking to kids about this, you know, even under the guise of education is what the American Bar Association says. Well, that's grooming. So, why do you feel that bringing up that the church is doing this somehow makes this problem go away? It doesn't. Both can be true. That is why it's logically fallacious. I'm also done with the accusations of moral panic, or suggesting that if we bring these things up, that we're placing people in danger. If you, if you are around this shit when it's going on, where people are saying we're coming for your children at Pride events, you should be panicking. You should be speaking up and stopping these people. If you care about LGBTQ people at all, you should be saying something. Because this is sheer stupidity. This will lead to people getting hurt. And, and playing around with the emotions of the people that it is that you're trying to convince you're not a threat to, is just stupid.
just like the gay choir guy he thought he was like it was a oh it's a parody it's a joke didn't you see how hilarious it was no it's not it might be hilarious to somebody who does not have a child who's ever been abused it's certainly not hilarious to any of the children who have been abused it's certainly not funny to the parents of the children who have been abused. This is right up there with convincing racial activists that the best way for them to fight the fact that they are being profiled as violent criminals would be to go out into, into the streets and loot and burn and behave like violent criminals. It's absolutely asinine. If you are involved with this and you're not saying anything, Go to your local proctologist. They may need some help from a chiropractor to remove your head from your ass. I'm going to end this video by bringing to your attention another BitChute exclusive. I got a hold of some video that has largely been scrubbed from the internet of a certain LGBTQ activist who is highly uh, regarded in the community, having a history of being groomed themselves. Link will be in the description. Thanks for tuning in. So that was my premiere, folks, just for you guys who had been waiting here. I'm going to be making that video itself now public so that you guys can just watch and share that video itself. Um, I wanted to go back because uh, we have some people in the chat that are new to the channel who came over here from Good Logic. I'd like to... Uh, expose you guys to some of my earlier work on this topic if you're interested so i'll kind of get a general um consensus from the people watching would you like to watch uh two of my other in-depth videos about this topic um just let me know and then we'll continue and again i'm not going to stream anywhere near as long as i did yesterday i think six hours was sufficient i just felt obligated to kind of give you guys some kind of a stream since once again i wasn't able to provide you with the uh um interview that i promised so we'll see what's going on with that you know later and i want to also be clear mac bags doesn't have anything to do with any of this stuff like they're not into that in fact they they talk to me about how they feel that they agree that a lot of the things going on with the activism is pretty messed up so um all right so looks like some people are interested i'll go ahead and put these on and i'll still be here with you obviously um i did two videos um on this topic and because i was trying to get to the bottom of it like you know really are there people coming for your kids you know and i think that i did a really good job of dealing with this especially because it's extremely ironic that a lot of the people that end up getting caught doing things to children were making the exact same arguments about why it should be okay to allow sex educators to have access to your children to be able to tell your children that it's okay to lie to your parents about things like these are all red flags that should just be obvious it, it's just it should that this is kind of like common sense i guess you know to me anyway you know i i don't know how it couldn't be you know like <laughs> so again i you know i don't usually raise my voice um but i did on that because um it's not fucking funny all right let me start this over Da, 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 da. All right, here we go. Before I get started on this video, I need to make something clear. I do not believe that people who are in the LGBTQ community are more likely to be pedophiles. 
Over the course of my life as a father, there have been people who are both gay, bisexual, or trans who I have entrusted with my children's safety and would continue to do so. However, what I do think is a glaring problem is that people who have nefarious intent when it comes to children will use the LGBTQ community's activism, specifically that which pushes for normalizing these kinds of behaviors to very young children. They will use this as an opportunity to gain access to children and specifically to groom them. That is what OK Groomer is really about. This thing that we are told will never happen, doesn't happen, nobody's doing it, it's happening. Is it a majority? I don't have any evidence to believe that. But if you have a more or less code of silence about this topic, you are enabling people who will destroy children's lives. People will say, well, what about the Catholic Church? Nope, they're doing the exact same thing. I don't disagree with that whatsoever. But that's a whataboutism. Everybody already knows that about the Catholic Church. In the meantime, LGBTQ clubs are being opened all over America in public schools with purposes that I'm pretty sure, I mean, you know, that's something I want to be clear about. Not everybody who's involved in this kind of activism wants to be a pedophile, wants to enable pedophiles. But if you are becoming involved in this activism, you need to be keenly aware of the fact that the person standing next to you may not be in it for the right reasons. To continue to pretend that this isn't happening is irresponsible and dangerous. One other personal note, YouTube is definitely not going to monetize this video, so if you could, if you appreciate the work that I'm doing specifically about just cutthroat addressing these kinds of controversial topics, consider supporting my show on Patreon or PayPal or Subscribestar. The link is up above and you'll also see it at the end of the video. Now, before I play this video, I want to point a couple things out. The first of which is, is that conversations like this between concerned parents and their school boards are taking place all over the country. These are not isolated little in incidents. They're happening more and more. I also would point out that the dialogue currently is to suggest that Republicans want to ban books. They usually leave out the context of what types of books specifically have, you know, conservative parents concerned. And it's not just conservatives. I'm not a conservative, and I wouldn't want these books in my children's schools either. But I would also ask, who thought that this was appropriate in the first place? And then ask yourself, why would you tell any parent that they're being ridiculous for being concerned about the LGBTQ activism geared towards changing the curriculum for children, specifically because they lie and claim stuff like this is not going on? Let's take a moment and launch. After seeing a September 9th school board meeting in Texas on pornography in the schools, I decided to check the titles at my child's school, Fairfax High School. The books were available, and we checked them out. Both of these books include pedophilia, sex between men and boys. Both books describe different acts. One book describes a fourth grade boy performing oral sex on an adult male. The other book has detailed illustrations of a man having sex with a boy. 
The illustrations include fellatio, sex toys, masturbation, and violent nudity. Pedophilia here. From the author, Maya Kobabe, quote, I can't wait to have your cock in my mouth. I am going to give you the blowjob of your life, and then I want you inside me, end quote. From the author, Jonathan Evison, what if I told you I touched another guy's dick? What if I told you I sucked it? I was 10 years old, but it's true. I sucked Doug Goebel's dick, the real estate guy, and he sucked mine too. This is not an oversight at Fairfax I'm High sorry. School. I'm sorry. There are children in the audience here. Do not like interrupt my members. time. Yes. Do not interrupt my time. I would like to remind everybody. I will stand here. So this sort of thing plays out over and over again. And you'll note that they're concerned about the children in the audience that may or may not have overheard what she's bringing up. But for some reason, they didn't have any concern for the children in the school who may or may not have checked out these books. Now, this is Eric Roman of Mount Pleasant High School. He's about to give what would normally be the kind of counter speech that you would see at board meetings like this all over the country. I'm a resident, townie, taxpayer, vaccinated and functioning, graduate of this high school, class of 1999, proud member of the LGD, LGBTQIA community, and an employee of Mount Pleasant Public Schools. Thank you. I really cannot speak any more eloquently than the people who have spoken before me tonight, but what I can say is that for the last five years, I have had the profound privilege of working with your students, with your students, with your students. And I can tell you this, they are hungry for knowledge. They are so hungry for knowledge that despite your words, your wishes, your values, they will learn on their own. So many of your children are hurting, questioning, struggling in this world that we have created. They are simultaneously being taught to celebrate and to hate who they are. I can't deny that. Every day. Ultimately, they will become who they will become with or without us. Give them the chance, the grace, and the support to embrace their own learning. They're going to do it anyway no matter what you say or do, no matter how many candles you light, no matter how many rallies you hold, with liberty and justice for all. Now, people in the LGBTQ activist community probably thought very highly of this guy, but there's something that people did not know at the time, but they know now. Eric Roman, a Mount Pleasant, Michigan public school employee, has been arrested for being a pedophile. He'd hoped to meet up with a child for sex, but met police instead. Here he is staunchly advocating for LGBTQ curricula and mocking parents at a school board meeting. Big Rapids Daily News reported on this, that multiple police agencies teamed up to arrest three men during an underage predator operation. Basically, they would go online and pretend to be minors 
interested in meeting with adults. And here he is, Eric Roman, a 41-year-old man from Mount Pleasant. So this is the guy who was just up, you know, as you saw at a school board meeting, more or less mocking parents for having concerns about what their children were being exposed to and telling them that they were going to get it anyway. And he was pushing for LGBTQ curricula within the school system that he worked in. I will provide this and other articles in the description, but here's another one with his mugshot next to his picture when he was so eloquently calling out parents for their hate of LGBTQ people and mocking them for daring to suggest that they didn't want their children, you know, exposed to those sorts of things before they were old enough. It's pretty clear that he doesn't want them to be old enough. The idea of exposing children to controversial topics is not unusual to teachers, uh, obviously. This one says that they're trying to tear down gender roles and subtly instill socialist values into my high schoolers and elementary kids. Here's a teacher from Hawaii engaging in debate with people on Twitter, defending their interest specifically in seeing LGBTQ issues uh, to be you know, to be brought up in curriculum in public schools. And these arguments sound very similar to things I see all over Twitter and Facebook on this topic. You have yet to demonstrate why teaching kids basic sex ed and discussing gender slash sexuality with them is grooming. Well, I've repeatedly explained why. Don't tell me to fucking Google anything. This is also why no one should take you guys seriously. You can never back shit up. Sexual orientation doesn't require discussing sex, you fucking pervert. Unless your brain automatically goes to fucking whenever you think of two dudes liking each other, keep on demonstrating how sick in the mind you are. So the allegation is to suggest that because we are concerned that discussing sexuality might actually mean discussing sex, the response is to say, well, what's wrong with you? Why is that where your mind goes to? So you want kids to be completely ignorant about sex? Which is true, because pedos like you can feel them up and they won't understand what's going on and can't verbalize it to their parents or others. Also, talking about being LGBT does not require discussing sex whatsoever. Some more from the exchange. Remind me how wanting to talk to kids about sex doesn't make you pro-groomer. The Parental Rights and Education Bill protects kids a bill you vehemently oppose. To which they say, you're fucking acting like we want to show kids porn or something. But something I've learned through the years is that whenever right-wingers accuse others of something, it's definitely because they are projecting. Now I'm about to show you a classic example of what it looks like when a tweet ages like wine. But before I do, consider for a moment, doesn't this sound like the kind of arguments that you've been seeing all over Twitter and Facebook Maybe some of them are more polite to suggest that this sort of thing is necessary. We have to include this curriculum in our schools. And of course, anybody who doesn't like it must obviously, you know, have pedophile issues of their own. Um, and the conservatives who don't like this situation are clearly projecting. I think, you know, I've literally seen every argument this guy made, uh, made somewhere else. Usually in just different degrees of diplomacy. Oahu substitute teacher Alden Bunag was charged Wednesday in a criminal complaint filed in federal court for distributing child pornography. That's right, folks. The person specifically saying, 
you're fucking acting like we want to show kids porn or something, is literally in jail right now for showing kids porn. And not just showing kids porn, but distributing the porn, which we're about to get into in a moment. Not just distributing the porn, but making the porn. And who is he making the porn with? Some of his students. In another classic example of libs of TikTok doing great journalism. Let's have a listen. Teacher has been arrested for sharing child pornography. Federal prosecutors say Alden Bunag sent illicit pictures and video to another teacher on the mainland and admitted to sex with a 13-year-old student. Manola Morales reports. Alden Bunag made his first court appearance on Thursday at the federal courthouse and remains in custody until his next hearing. Court records say he admitted to investigators that he recorded his sexual encounters with a 13-year-old boy who was a former student and sent the videos to others through a messenger app. According to federal court documents, Bunag had been sending child pornography to a teacher in Philadelphia. That teacher was arrested in October. Documents say Bunag and the mainland teacher exchanged over 3,300 messages to include hundreds of images and video files. And that Bunag claimed to have sex with the boy at the school during lunch breaks. He also described the boy as a former student and knew that he was a minor at the time. Records say he also admitted to distributing the video recording of his sexual contact and admitted to distributing child pornography involving other minor victims. Now, just to review, this is the same guy that was chastising the right and saying that they must be projecting and that you're acting like, you know, we are trying to distribute porn to children or something it was the most preposterous, ridiculous lie that somebody could ever be told. Now, who is he distributing porn to? Other teachers. Ex-Philly private school teacher pleads guilty to child porn offenses. So this guy was literally raping his own students, filming it, and sending it to other teachers who do the same thing. Here's another one. In Anoka, Wisconsin, former Anoka middle school teacher Jefferson Fetek pleads guilty to sexually abusing teenage boys. He was known specifically for being an advocate for the LGBTQ students in his school. And I once again want to say... Not everybody who advocates for LGBTQ students in the school is a pedophile. However, again, people who are engaging in this sort of activism need to be responsible and be aware of the fact that not everybody involved in this is doing it for the right reasons. Here's another one also brought to us by Libs of TikTok. Whoa. A parent in Houston alleged at a meeting yesterday that a teacher took his underage son to a drag show with a sex offender. The school allegedly did nothing. Let's have a listen. Uh, my son attended Sam Houston MSDC. Um, his teacher, Mr. Pat Patrick Pickler, he was his chemistry teacher. He was also a writer for About Magazine, an LGBTQ magazine. He published an uh, article with a lot of students uh, and a lot of students on them without authorization. He recruited my son. He also took my son to a drag show when he was underage. Uh, he took him uh, to a drag show when he was underage, and uh, it, it was really bad. It was a really bad experience. Um, he also put him next to this uh, sex offender when he was 
he was out there with my son. There's a lot of stuff that, uh, that nothing got done. I have a lot of info, a lot of videos, text messages. Police uh, HSD has a lot of messages. It's really bad. So this sort of thing about taking kids to drag shows, I don't know what this is about, but it's also becoming way more common all the time. Uh, there was a video that was exposed about it where there's a drag uh, queen activist, or activist, um, performer literally leading a little girl around who couldn't have been more than like eight, nine years old uh, around a bar where these things take place. I don't get what the point of this is, but that's what they're doing. And that one was so hot, you can't even share it on Facebook. It gets deleted. So here's an article in Go San Angelo. I don't know how long it'll be here because of what I'm about to show you afterwards. But these transgender patients now have a place to change their lives all at once. By the Alex Harris of the Miami Herald. She asked her mother for a new name. Mom, when I was a baby, what would you have named me if we could reverse all this and I was in your stomach again? She got her answer, Diana Elizabeth Guevara. It was the final touch on her new true self. For everything else, the 28-year-old went to Dr. Christoph Salagato at University of Miami, the lead surgeon at the hospital's new LGBTQ clinic. Before the procedures, Guevara said, her life was emotionally draining. Even a quick trip to the mall left her on edge. But the day after her chest reconstruction... She looked into the mirror and cried tears of joy. I was changing and being myself, she said. It doesn't seem like it should be such a big step, but it is. So, anyway, revelation. This person got themselves into some trouble as well. Citrus woman manipulated children for sex, deputies say. Citrus County, Florida. A Citrus County woman was arrested Wednesday after authorities said she manipulated and took advantage of several children to send explicit photos and have unlawful sexual activities. According to the Citrus County Sheriff's Office, 33-year-old Diana Elizabeth Guevara fostered a relationship with one child to identify her next victims. Over the course of several months, Guevara then sent multiple explicit photos and videos on social media to several other children, deputies said. Guevara was also accused of having sexual relations, um, relations with several of the children in her home in Inverness. Guevara manipulated the young victims in this case and then took advantage of them, Citrus County Sheriff Mike Prendergrass said. She was able to foster a relationship with one victim and identify her next victims through them, showing a pattern of predatory behavior. Guevara was charged with transmitting harmful materials to minors, unlawful sexual activity with certain minors, and four counts of lewd and lavicious battery. She was held at the Citrus County Jail on $47,000 bond. Here's a tweet from the local sheriff's department, including the mugshot. 
I will link this in the description. So I mentioned in the past that I'm dealing with this sort of thing in my own homeschool system right now. Not just about the gender queer stuff, but also in regards to racial stuff. And I live in a conservative town, so don't think that this can't happen where you live. And I don't actually believe that either of the people in these screenshots have any nefarious intent, but as you can see, they strongly believe that it is their place as educators to introduce LGBTQ ideas to children, specifically, you know, at, you know, against what their parents would want, as if it's somehow a virtuous act to do so. And the, again, this is happening right in my hometown that is a largely conservative little farm town. So you have to be vigilant. This absolutely can happen in your school system and is probably already happening in your school system in some way. And you can see them justifying that they have to do this because parents won't do it. That's how they feel about it. You know, um, so be mindful of this. You know, there was a video that I circulated recently that was very well done, specifically targeting this issue of grooming. And one of the things he brings up is that there's conferences that teachers go to where they get encouraged to start these little LGBTQ uh, clubs. And it, when they're doing it, they specifically suggest that you should recruit the kids who don't have any friends. And what ends up happening in situations like that is, aside from the fact that unfortunately many of those kids probably have mental illnesses already, if they join a club like this, then they have an incentive to try to find a way to identify with one of the special groups, you know, that these groups are about. You know, like you want to say, oh, well, I'm pansexual, or I'm non-binary, I'm this or I'm that. When the reality is they could just be awkward kids. You know, and if there are gay kids or non-binary kids, I do feel that they should have support. That's not what I'm concerned about. It's that when adults get into the situation, you know, specifically without being conscious of the fact that there are, in fact, pedophiles out there that use situations like this to gain access to children, you're being irresponsible. And if you act to cover up the fact that these things are going on, you're being irresponsible in the same way that you guys all call out the Catholic Church for covering it up when priests are molesting children, you're doing the same thing if you do not go way out of your way to expose this when it does happen. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in, folks. Please like and subscribe and share this video. If you enjoy my content, you can go to hy.page-vradio, where you can find links to all of my various hey guys, mediums. One second. I'm also on Odyssey, Rumble, BitChute. I'm on Spotify, at least as so I did another video in this series. Um, it went from are they coming for your kids to they are coming for your kids. Um, I'll share that one next. And it's really important to get this one out because I uncovered that somebody who's directly involved with child education um, and, and more specifically founded a website that is considered to be or brags to be the most widely used sex education website wrote an article that um very clearly defines what their point of view are and it will or rather is um so i'm going to go ahead and share that with you guys and then we'll probably wrap it up for today uh thanks again for tuning in today again i'm sorry that i couldn't bring you the interview i at this point i'm not gonna i'm not gonna schedule it anymore unless i've absolutely nailed it down talked to them on the phone and made very very clear please be sure you're actually going to be here you know um so anyway but uh, let us go on to the next video. Are they coming for your kids? They are coming for your kids. Considered horrible. Okay, here we go.
some of this is going to be a little bit of a recap. I know some people just joined the stream, so. In my last video on this topic, I went over in great detail the number of pedophiles that are being arrested who are educators, and in particular, the ones who have been known to be advocates for the LGBTQ kids in their schools. And if you haven't seen that video, you should definitely watch it as well. I will put it in the cards at the end of this video and link it in the description and my other mediums. And while them being pedophiles alone was important, it was also important to note how many of them were also advocating for more LGBTQ curricula in schools to be introduced at younger and younger ages. And now I'm going to be going into even more information that has recently come to light on the kinds of people who write these curriculums and what their real beliefs are. In my last episode, I went over the arguments of Alden Binag, a educator, meaning substitute teacher in Hawaii, who was recently arrested and admitted to having sex with a 13-year-old boy who was one of his students. He was recording these activities and sharing them with other pedophile teachers. Here you can see he's making a very common argument, specifically to suggest that basic sexual, you know, sex ed is not in any way grooming. The pedophile teacher also made more arguments that you read all over the place when the left discusses this issue, um, suggesting that, you know, if you want people to be ignorant about sex, it's because you're a pedophile. Uh, that's a really common thing, or to suggest that somehow conservatives are projecting and that the, actually the real problem is, is that conservatives are the pedophiles, you know, but the idea is, is that they're trying to suggest that they're trying to protect children with this kind of education. This one was more recent, so it didn't get included in my previous video, but this is an Ann Arbor kindergarten teacher responding to libs of TikTok revealing this video of a drag queen show wherein the drag queen was with fully naked breasts leading around a little girl who looks to be about five to six years old and defending the idea that children should be involved in this kind of sexuality. But that brings me around to the main topic of this particular story. Sex Education Can Stop Abuse by Heather Karina. Heather Karina is an open advocate for sex education. She helps design sex education curriculums in schools. And in this article, she gives all the same arguments that we will protect children by giving them knowledge about consent and their own bodies. I will make this article uh, available to you in the description. But Suffice it to say, when you dig deeper, you find out that Heather Karina, just like many of these other advocates for this particular type of sexual education, have nefarious intentions. On Heather's website, which I will make available, again, in a link in the description to this video, uh, you will find a lot of credits as far as her writing, including a book that is being, well, attempted anyway, to be thrust into the curriculums of schools around the country. The left-leaning Washington Post reported on this issue, obviously um, in a manner in which to ridicule anybody who opposed it, but uh, they also mentioned the fact that this book was being introduced to, as curriculum, and thankfully parents were able to stop it. They named the book here, and I will provide a link to this article in the description. Miss Karina or Karina also is engaged in teaching people how to open these teen talking circles. And they offer, you know, it says, creating safe spaces for youth to tell the truth and be heard. You know, our mission is to educate, inspire, and empower youth. 
foster partnerships between the genders, generations, and cultures, and support young people in positive self, uh, self-expression and social action for a just, compassionate, and sustainable world. They offer training. And there you see Ms. Corinna right there. Um, you know, in how to facilitate these groups, you know, for the purposes of teenagers supposedly talking and telling the truth, et cetera, et cetera. But as I mentioned previously in the other video, there have been these conferences where they get teachers together to tell them how to open these LGBTQ clubs in their schools. And I get what they like that there are going to be some people involved in this who think that they have the best of intentions. But now we're going to get into the heart of the reason why I did this video, which is a very damning article that you can only find on the Wayback Machine that really exposes how Miss Karina really feels. Here on her website, one of the uh, magazines and websites that she had contributed to was called Scarlet Letters, and that's where the article I'm about to show you comes from. The article that you can now only access by use of the web archives or the Wayback Machine was called Rage of Consent, How Our Love-Hate Relationship with Youth Sexuality and Abuse Hysteria is Endangering Our Culture. I'm going to go ahead and go over some specific quotes from this article. It's actually very long. I mean, it almost like it's you, she very clearly had a lot she wanted to say on this topic and a great deal of it. I mean, there's just no context in which you could make it any better. But for those who will inevitably accuse me of taking her out of context, I will provide the link to the full article in the description of this video. Over the last hundred years, puberty has steadily begun earlier, yet we have legally and culturally extended the age of childhood later and later. Hypersexualized imagery of young adults and teens is increasingly more pervasive and overt, not just in pornography, but in mainstream advertising. As I underline here, meanwhile, we criminalize and make taboo adult teen sexual interchanges and relationships more and more. Many think of such relationships as child sexual abuse and legally they are considered statutory rape, or at the very least contributing to the delinquency of a minor. We now even criminalize peer relationships and interchanges when one of the teens involved is under the legal age of consent, even when the age disparity is only one year. Now, I really want to emphasize what I have you know, underlined here, but this could should basically kind of show you what the rest of this is going to be about. Here's more. To state that a person of any age has no right to make choices regarding their own bodies, as is developmentally appropriate for each individual, is alarming. So, at this point, no age limit, you know, uh, just, just to suggest that anybody of any age, you know, has no right to make choices with their own bodies that might include, say, having sex with an adult, you know, that's oppressive. Anyway, she goes on to say that sentiment in of itself likely puts them in more danger. Remember what we said earlier about um, the convicted pedophile from Hawaii, who was a teacher who literally made this exact same argument, um, and creates far more negative environment for their sexual and emotional relationships than a consensual relationship with an adult or peer could possibly do. So here we go, once again suggesting that children can consent. She went on to detail, uh, I guess, a poll that they did of the people who read the Scarlet Letters, uh, which was her website that was the precursor to Scarletine, that apparently... 40% of the people who read her website, which she brags about how many people are using, uh, were people who had had sex with adults. Now, this is a quote with her basically quoting someone else who had responded to their inquiries 
they identified themselves as dissident, 32 years old, who is attracted primarily to teen women, reminds us that, quote, minor attracted adults of every attraction base have existed throughout human history, just like homosexuals and intergendered individuals, and like the latter two, the former were highly regarded in a sex-positive and more socially enlightened societies in the past, particularly as mentors and teachers of youths. Let that sink in for a second, particularly as mentors and teachers of youths. And also to the suggestion that being minor attracted is just like being homosexual or intergendered. Um, anyway, it was not considered horrible or inappropriate that the great concern for these youths on the part of adults had a sexual element in it in societies that respected youths as intelligent and articulate human beings who did not see sexuality as a negative thing for youths or anyone else and who considered the sexual experiences of youth to be a natural part of their education. I'm going to read that again. Who considered the sexual experiences of youth to be a natural part of their education. The irony here is that our culture may well have created a potent catch-22 by disempowering our youth and hampering them from economic and emotional independence by classifying young adults as children at older and older ages, and by rearing them to view adults as superior beings, we may do many of these relationships from the start when they might otherwise have been beneficial and create trauma and negativity in them that would not otherwise be there. That's another ongoing theme that you're going to see here is that they're suggesting that really the only reason why these uh, relationships lead to any kind of psychological damage uh, you know, in the children that participate in them is just because of the stigma that is put on them. It sounds to me exactly like, you know, the reason, only reason supposedly that trans people kill themselves is because of the stigma, because people are not accepting of them or whatever. Um, but again, this is by far the most chilling quote in the entire article, especially when it comes right back to suggesting, you know, mentors and teachers of youths. So anyway, let's move on. Another quote from the pedophile in question. Our own families are ashamed of us for something that is not only not our fault, but which is not pathological, but perfectly natural. That society does not want to understand us, but simply to pillory us, and that we are used as a political boogeyman to attack the civil rights of everyone, creates a continually difficult and traumatic life for us to bear. Since I am out in real life, I am often subject to snide and cruel remarks behind my back, and my attraction is a large source of ammunition for any person to use against me in any sort of argument as a surefire means of making their status more ethical than my own. For example, if I was berating a neo-Nazi for his racist views, he would likely say to me, well, at least I don't like little girls. I mean, damn, that sucks. You have this thing that people can ad hominem you about if you're trying to call them out as a Nazi. Anyway, it's very hard to live like this, and the many emotional problems that we suffer come after the fact, and not as a result of our attraction base, and this is why suicide and even substance abuse can be common among our minority group. So once again, identifying people who are attracted to minors as, an, as a minority group that somehow needs protection or is being oppressed. And damn it, it makes it so hard for them to call out Nazis. Anyway, the rest of this is actually directly from her. What Dissident says is important to bear in mind, not only for the well-being of such adults, but for the youth they may become involved with, if we tell a youth that the person whom they may love is a pervert or a sociopath because they love them, we send a crucial negative blow to the self-esteem of that youth by telling them that only an adult who is a pervert could possibly cherish them or find them sexually appealing. 
What the hell? Seriously. So now we can't do this because, again, we have to protect the children. And this excerpt here is from the end of the article. If we are concerned about protecting our youths from adults, it might serve us well to be sure to look in the mirror. Yeah, we need to protect them from us, I guess. Before we look beyond our window, it would certainly serve us well to take a good long look at our youth, see how much they have grown and acknowledge, applaud, and nurture that growth so that we've little to no doubt they can soundly make their own informed choices responsibly and as best suit them, and feel comfortable asking for our help and guidance when they want or need it. It would also serve us, and them, best to be sure that the protective measures we do have, either by law or by guideline, are actually protective, not oppressive, and don't cause damage or dangers in and of themselves, which is what our current laws, attitudes, and cultural climate surrounding them are doing to both adults and youths. So while you drink that in, consider for a moment that, once again, these are the words of an educator. These are the words of somebody whose books are being proposed to be used in curriculums for sexual education across the country. Here's the Amazon entry on her book, which got an awful lot of positive reviews. This parent advocacy group has been doing a bit of an expose on that book. I'll provide this link in the description. I'm not going to click on any of these links because some of them show some pretty graphic stuff. But let's move on. In 2015, she was given an award. Scarletine founder Heather Carina wins 2015 Sexual Health Champion Award. Vancouver's Options for Sexual Health honors sexuality educator and youth advocate. When the popular sex education website Scarletine got off the ground in the dark ages of the late 1990s, its founder and director decided to stop working as a Monteresi kindergarten teacher. That's right, the woman who just wrote the words that I just shared with you was a kindergarten teacher. I thought at the time I was making this big decision between being a teacher and not being a teacher, Heather Karina told the Georgia Strait by phone from Vihan Island, Washington. Then, I think a couple years into this, the joke was on me, because this is what I do all day. I just have a really big classroom. Next Thursday, February 12th, Karina will be in Vancouver to accept the 2015 Sexual Health Champion Award from Options for Sexual Health the nonprofit formerly known as Planned Parenthood Association of British Columbia, the 44-year-old sexuality and sexual health educator and youth advocate who identifies as queer and uses the pronouns they, will give the keynote speech. Of course she will. So ask yourself for a moment how somebody gets, you know, given an award and the whole time they're basically being revered as a sexual educator and their views include the idea that we should just normalize children and adults having sex, you know, and that somehow that just nobody knew about it. The, the really ironic thing about this is that the article that I just read to you earlier was given to me by somebody during the uh, course of an argument over on this topic. And I just kind of remembered Sun Tzu saying, never interrupt your opponent when they're making a mistake. I'm going to be sharing that article far and wide now, and I would ask you to do the same. Um, but this is some excerpts from Scarletine. As you can see, it's all just kind of packaged to look like kid-friendly, you know, school curriculum uh, material. And it's not, you know. And what really bothers me about this is that I'm not even opposed to sex ed. I do believe that parents should have a good 
you know, communicating relationship with their children on the topic. I just don't trust other adults to get involved. And I think there's actually a reason, um, as I'm doing more research on this, that is why they want to get access to our kids without our presence as young as possible on these topics. In my next video on this topic, I'm going to talk about imprinting and more specifically the work of John Money. John Money was mentioned in Matt Walsh's documentary, What is a Woman? as being one of the founders of like the modern gender identity theories. He also believed that children were imprinted at a very young age um, in such a way that would seriously impact their sexual preferences. And you could ask, well, does anybody still follow this guy even after it was revealed that he did some horrific experiments on children? And then I came across this. On the website for the University of Central Florida, um, what is gender identity and other questions you may have, this resource created with the UCF faculty and staff expertise in honor of Pride Month is the second in a three-part series about sexuality and LGBTQ plus history, allyship, and gender identity. And it says here that gender identity as a concept was popularized by John Money in the 1960s. He founded the Gender Identity Clinic at John Hopkins University and formulated, defined, and coined the term gender role and later expanded it to gender identity slash role. We'll get into more of this in my next video. And thank you guys for tuning in today. Please share this video. This information might actually be one of the most um, it's just the most important thing I've done on YouTube. Um, so I really need to get this information out there, specifically that article, because this person is still involved, you know, in creating curriculum for kids and is pushing for, you know, the curriculums to be younger and younger, you know, basically just to, to be given to younger and younger kids. So please share this video, guys. Share it far and wide. Thanks again for tuning in, folks. Again, um, if you haven't watched the other episode that I did. All right, folks. So there's one more thing I wanted to do with you guys because there was another issue going on at Pride that didn't get talked about. And I didn't have time to do a little video about it because I think the we're here, we're queer and we're coming for your children was probably a bit more egregious, but only a bit more. Um, and it's interesting because, of course, George Takei weighed in on that. So I made sure to share um, a reminder to people that George Takei's first sexual relationship was at the age of 13 with an adult male camp counselor. That information was widely public, and then it was scrubbed from the internet, like you can only find it on the Wayback Machine, but it also happens to be on the V-Radio bit shoot. So <laughs> I shared it a bunch of times on Twitter. Let's see if I get myself banned. Um, but it's it's all him talking about it. It's It's not like somebody made it up. So anyway... So let's just take a quick uh, Twitter crawl and, um, you know, look up what happens when you search naked at Pride. And because the other thing, and it's really important that people also note that the presence of the naked men in the situation is nowhere near as bad as the parents bringing them there, knowing that this is going on, right? And people are like, why do you have these images? You need to be looked into. It's the same bullshit I always hear. We have these images because if we don't show these images, you will lie and claim that this isn't going on, right? Um, here's a sensible, you know, gay and trans person says, I don't think people should be getting naked at pride events where children and other non-consenting adults are in attendance. Well put. Naked men on bikes at Seattle Pride Parade, the faces say it all. <laughs> 
but yeah, I mean, is this is this going to win people over? You think that the people are going to have they're going to have a better disposition towards gay people if you do this, right? And if you're a parent that's doing this, that's why I said like the grooming isn't just about grooming kids; it's about grooming the parents too. When you take the courses necessary to coach sports, they teach you about this stuff. The, the grooming process also involves parents. It convinces them slowly and but surely, well, no, you should just go ahead and let that person, you know, be alone with your kid, right? You know, and, and you should just allow that person maybe even to have talks about things that are inappropriate. Well, oh, well, maybe it wasn't that big a deal that that person showed them something, you know, graphic. That's how grooming happens. Like parents and societies can be groomed, you know? So, and there, I mean, there's more where this came from, you know, again, you know, there, there's kids right there. You know, <laughs> this is the thing that's supposedly not happening. You know, remember, nobody nobody is suggesting that this be done in front of kids, right? You know, it's just... <laughs> These arguments look good. Briefly glim glimpsing a flaccid dick in public actually does not harm a child. North Americans are fucking wild in the nonsense they believe. Like, casual public nudity is a thing in most societies and it's not harmful. Like, why would you go out of your way to bring your kids to places where this is happening? Like, you know, again, the parents in this situation, this is the one that got a lot of the information. Like, there's guys riding a bicycle naked. I don't even understand how that would be comfortable, for the record. But regardless of it being comfortable, again, there's kids everywhere. Parents know this shit is going on, and they're doing it anyway. They're bringing their kids to this stuff. Because, again, these parents are being brainwashed to think that this makes you inclusive and tolerant. You know, and you want to do what's right, you know, for, for your children. You, you want them to be raised to be inclusive and tolerant, right? Little girl, get, you know, like, um, yeah, yeah, that's appropriate. So this is supposedly not happening, folks. This is all moral panic. This isn't real. Um, don't believe your own two eyes. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, this is going on all over Pride. And people aren't calling it out. <laughs> Here we go. Here's more of it. Seeing a man naked on a bike isn't going to have much of an impact on a kid. They have likely seen their fathers or brother naked before. Really? Sharing an uncensored video of a naked man on a bike to an audience of possibly 30 million people, kids on Twitter, is arguably worse than riding a bike naked. So they always have to demonize anybody who shares this stuff. Because, again, if nobody shared this, people like this would be lying and saying that it's not going on. That's why I have to keep all these stupid images handy because that is exactly what they will do. You know, they, they will tell you that, you know, it's moral panic. It's not really happening. And then you have evidence and then it's just, well, why do you have that evidence? You know, so anyway, guys, that was pretty much what I had for you today. I'm going to go ahead and take a look at the chat, interact with you guys a little bit. And then I'm going to get out of here. Actually, I didn't even eat breakfast yet this morning. So, um, Working on a couple of different things. I'm going to be designing a video game, an RPG maker, stuff like that to kind of keep myself sane, you know. Um, but thank you very much for tuning in today, guys, especially to those of you who are my new viewers who just watched that content for the first time. And um, I will, those links are all in my video. And like, I, um, but, you know, but at the same time, if you could please share awareness, especially that Heather Carina video. I've tried to share that with the Pulse Millennial. They looked at it and decided that they didn't want to go with it because I, you know, I don't know why, actually. And then um, I also shared it with Project Veritas. 
you know, you would think it would be a story that there's literally an active award-winning sex educator who is a kindergarten teacher who is writing books that are currently in schools, right? That 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 would be a story that say Veritas or you know the post millennial would want to cover, right? But I can't get anybody to take the story. That that evidence is clear as day. It's on the Wayback Machine sitting there because they wrote that article themselves. And as I mentioned in the video, Heather Karina blocks me and the Scarletine account blocks me for bringing it up, but they don't dare try to argue with me about it. You know, they don't try to deny it. If that was, if they didn't share, if they didn't still have that view, then why wouldn't they be denying it? And I'm still going to be doing another thing. I actually finally had one small breakthrough in that um, an Antifa account did confirm with me that they do read the William, you know, Wilhelm, Anyway, basically, there's an old book that was an Antifa book that was written um, like shortly after World War II, and it's a Marxist Antifa book. And it openly states that in order to fight fascism, children should be sexualized because inhibiting sexuality is fascism and that a way to protect children from fascism is to, you know, sexualize them as young as possible. You know, and to be fair to the Marxists in this situation, a lot of people kind of tried to distance themselves from that person, but I finally got someone from Antifa to admit that that book is read by members of Antifa and that they consider it a great read, you know. Um, and uh, in addition to that, we'll be talking about Michael Foucault, uh, who's one of the you know founders of queer theory that my friend Derek Jensen talked about in a viral video of him discussing it with Antifa at a college that were trying to shut him down, um, you know, and you guys can also check out my own conversations with uh, Derek Jensen on my channel. He's a great guy, you know, and another left-leaning dude who's still trying to sound the alarm on how wrong all of this is. So anyway, guys, again, I'm still going to reach out to Mac Beggs again and see if we can get this nailed down. But I don't want to have you guys sitting here waiting again. So we'll figure it out unless I'm 100% sure that they, you know, that they're coming, that I'm not going to schedule it. And if I don't then I do have something else. I have a phone conversation that I had with Mac and I'm going to go over it because we discussed some things in that conversation. Um, I don't want to air all of it because some of it's just personal stuff. That's not relevant to what it is that I wanted to talk to Mac Beggs about, but Mac Beggs also, the funny thing is they're starting to have problems within the LGBTQ movements because they're not on board with the sheer hatred and they're not on board with stupidity. Like they openly stated to me on the phone that, they thought that person who bared their breasts at the White House was an absolute fool. Like, you're finally getting acceptance. So the best way to deal with that would be, you know, throw your top off at the White House. That's that's just brilliant. You know, like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, like I said at the video that I got, I've now made public, by the way, the shorter video that I played at the beginning of the stream is now public. You can share it, you know, addressing the we're here, we're queer and we're coming for your children chant at Pride. And I actually I almost almost had to ban crowdsource politics from my discord um, because he thinks I can't think clearly on the issue due to personal issues. And we don't do personal attack in my discord, but um, and he clarified eventually. And I was like, all right, well, just make it clear. Don't ever do that again. But the point is, is that this is dumb. Like if you actually cared about gay people, the last thing you would want is a group of gay people, you know, smug and smirking their way down the street, screaming, we're here, we're queer, and we're coming for your children. And then to have the fucking audacity to suggest that it's moral panic if anybody takes you 
at your word. <laughs> right. You know, and he's like, he, he's given the same argument. He's like, well, they're just trolling. I'm like, that's not a fucking troll, man. You, you don't get to troll about maybe insinuating that you're raping someone's kids. That's not funny. There's nothing appropriate about that. Never mind the sheer stupidity that you are placing people of LGBTQ curriculum, you know, basically, you know, um, that you're placing those people in jeopardy. This is how you get mass shootings. You, you do stuff like that. You combine it with this whole thing of, you know, we're coming for your children, you know, and then we're also going to tell your children it's okay to lie to you about what we talked to you at school about. We're also going to tell you, you know, that it's acceptable you know, to lie to your parents, you know, and we're going to set up situations to be sure that your parents don't have any say over whether or not you're exposed to this stuff. Again, it's just, I, I, I still maintain, like I said in the video, I don't believe that, I, I mean, I honestly do believe that there are people in the LGBTQ movement whose concern is, well, there may be gay children who grow up in, you know, conservative households and get abused. I'm like, okay, it's called Child Protective Services. You know, you, you shouldn't subject your child to that. If they are legitimately queer, then that's it. But like I pointed out at the end of the other video, the problem is, is that there are also people who theorize that people become gay because of like essentially whether it's social contagion, you know, or through molestation. And I don't think that's 100 percent because there are also people who get raped, you know, who don't turn out gay. So um, but at the same time. You know, if that's what they believe, then, you know, that puts them in a situation where, well, if we can expose these kids to this sort of thing, then we can essentially replicate ourselves. And I don't actually believe necessarily that that's the way it works, but that is what John Money believed. It's what Kinsey believed. And unfortunately, somehow their work is still being circulated in college campuses. Unironically. So... Anyway, guys, thanks for tuning in. You know, I gave you about an hour and 13 minutes. Um, there will be more content coming up. I think uh, the next co-show I'm going to do on a Sunday with Liberty Unleashed is going to be about the topic of Patriot Front. I had a little video that I had put up, and I need to do a follow-up to it because a bunch of people are um, saying that my interpretation of what I was looking at was wrong. But the Proud Boys beat the shit out of a group of people that um, walked up on them attempting, I guess, to do Nazi salutes and get pictures of themselves near the Proud Boys. And whether or not they're feds, you know, like, all right, well, fine, who the hell are they? And I guess there are other groups that are not Patriot Front that are similar. So um, we're going to get into that. We're going to do a deep dive and investigation on who Patriot Front is. You know, I know talking to Mary Todd about it, um, Mary Todd... Uh, who does super deep dive analysis on Antifa. You know, I help them. We get people arrested. Like we uncovered the the actual shooter who shot Tiny the whole time Antifa was claiming he shot himself, all this other shit. Well, and when talking to them, we just joked back and forth the first few times Patriot Front was publicly seen because we're like, so there's these guys, they all dress in perfect uniforms and they all have flags and then they march and then they don't do anything. They almost never say anything either, right? But their website is openly white nationalist racist. And so um, it, the fact that they try to show up, you know, near the Proud Boys doesn't surprise me because everybody's trying to suggest that the Proud Boys are racist and fascist, which is what was hilarious because 
when the Proud Boys were beating these guys' asses, they were literally saying, get out of here, racist, get out of here, Nazi. You know, so my joke on it on Twitter was, look at that, you know, the Proud Boys doing damage to actual Nazis, you know, <laughs> more than Antifa has since like Charlottesville, like, because Antifa pretty much just attacks like soccer moms, anti-vax protesters, street preachers. They almost never actually confront any real fascists. So... Um, so we're going to be getting deeper into that. That'll be Sunday at 6 p.m. Generally is when I do my co-show with Liberty Unleashed. Um, you guys should check out his channel. Uh, he doesn't have as much content up yet, but he's working on it. Um, we just did a co-show about the apparently the Colorado GOP, meaning the Republican Party, and the Colorado Libertarian Party have kind of come to an alliance so they're not going to run candidates against each other. So if you're interested in that topic, you know, you'll find that on my channel and on his channel. Um, he's a longtime right-leaning libertarian, uh, that I, I used to do stuff with back in like 2008, like there, our show was called the North Virginia Patriots. So at this point now, what our, when I do the co-show, it's kind of like trying to have the left libertarian and right libertarian perspective on common, you know, current events. Thanks again for tuning in everybody guys. And remember to go to hy.page slash V radio hook, you know, set me up on rumble on BitChute, you know, Odyssey. And also, don't forget about this. I'm going to remind you guys about this because it's important and it's also relevant to what's going on right now on Twitter. You know, but every time you see George Takei open his mouth on issues like this, please share this. Share this. Oh, boy, don't play it. There we go. Um, but this is George Takei talking about his first sexual experience at the age of 13. And we have a video of him talking about it. He was on Howard Stern. He's on a bunch of other places. And this video is very hard to find. So um, I, I'm gonna I linked this in the description of the little video that I just shared with you guys at the beginning of the stream, but literally ju just pepper George Takei's feed with this because people need to be aware of the fact that the guy that's teasing everyone and suggesting that there's no grooming going on or whatever literally had sex with some a male adult camp counselor, you know, literally a grooming situation as his first sexual experience, and he openly you know talked about it in glowing terms like it was just this wonderful thing. So the, the hypocrisy there is just ridiculous at that point. Thanks again for tuning in, folks.